Jamie and I with you. And live from the city of romance, Winnipeg, Manitoba is our romance. Stop it. Don't do this whole Valentine's thing. You know, there's there's not more there's no more made up thing than Valentine's Day. Okay, Drew doesn't it's want to play along with the theme today. Okay, completely no, of course not. Completely made up commercial. No, it's not even a holiday day. Twenty four hours. See, I, I'd respect it more if it was a day off work. Uh, then I'd be a little bit more. No, because you can't have you, you can't have the. You can't have a Monday off because of the Super Bowl, and then Wednesday off because of, or that that week off because of Valentine's Day. I don't see why you couldn't, um, but anyways. Well, because you have to pick one, and Super Bowl obviously is way more important, an actual, a real thing. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, I've been asking people, despite uh, Drew's uh, hatred of Valentine's Day, um, what made you uh, fall in love with your uh, team of choice? What was the moment you fell in love with the team of choice? Many people are just uh, saying that some, some, it was just the color. Um, my favorite color was green, so I started cheering for the Rough Riders. I fell in love with Steve Eiserman in 1989, says Melissa. My mom. That was she, my mom. And she was 17 <laughs> years old. I have loved him and the Detroit Red Wings ever since. What was that one? That was, that was my mom. Really? Yeah, she loves Steve Eiserman. And she'd say all the time when my boys were like the boys were little and she'd say, oh, I love Steve Eiserman. And the boys would all say the same thing. Well, why don't you marry him then? Why don't you marry him then? All the time. But yeah. Yeah, she loves Stevie Y. Um a Cooper and Watson says, I think I've said this before, I don't really watch sports other than WWE, but my favorite team is the Kansas City Chiefs now, and it is because of Taylor Swift. So uh, Cooper is just uh Putting it out there that, yep, connected with the Chiefs. Like get, my, them all, get them all somewhere. Like my 12-year-old daughter just loves the Kansas City Chiefs now. And it was their Super Bowl parade today. And we'll bring you up to date on the latest. And this is uh, being reported now uh, that someone has died at the Kansas City Chiefs uh, Super Bowl parade after shots rang out. Uh, police say two people were in custody. Nine others are injured. Uh, emergency personnel at the scene in Kansas City. And the other tweet from Kansas City is um, there are some children in the panic. There are some children who have been separated from their parents who are with the police at Union Station, downtown Kansas. It, it was a gong show. In a day of celebration, now tragedy in Kansas City. As I said earlier, on this is happening way too often. It it just every day it's another seems like mass shooting here, there, and now downtown Kansas City, where the Chiefs were having their celebratory parade, is now a tragic one. As the reports are, uh, one dead, nine injured after a shooting near the Chiefs parade in Kansas City this afternoon. Uh, Jamie and I, Jeromenda, with you uh, here on the Green Zone. That news just uh, came through um, as we tell it to you uh, live here on the Green Zone. Sad stuff in KC. You know, often mass shootings happen in the United States. It's, it's, it's an alarming rate, and I don't know the answer to it. It'll, it'll get political back and forth, but this, uh, it's a sad day. Yes, Not a good day. 
Uh, so uh, that is uh, just come down as we continue uh, here on the Green Zone. As for uh, later on this afternoon, A.J. Olette is going to join us uh, live here on the Green Zone later on uh, this hour to talk about signing with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Of course, it was a busy day yesterday in CFL uh, free agency. Britton Gray will bring us up to date what he heard from Jeremy O'Day, the general manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who updated the media. Uh, Daryl Davis, because A.J. Olette's coming in in the 3 o'clock hour, Daryl Davis will be in at 5.05 with his double take as well on the green zone. But, Drew, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and Morgan Riley are appealing his five-game uh-huh. suspension. We haven't heard your thoughts on the five-game suspension or Sheldon Keefe uh, yesterday, or does it the day before, uh, saying the Leafs get fairly mistreated yeah. by the uh, NHL Department of Player Safety because their bad plays get talked about and shown more than anybody else's bad plays, and it's unfair uh, that they are under the media spotlight uh, with the NHL Department of Player Safety. Well, one thing I do know, 100%, I know this, that the NHL doesn't give a flying flip about your team. They don't. I will tell you this from from the get-go, 100%. And Brendan Shanahan, when he was director of player safety, me that over the phone after I railed against him on a suspension for Brad Stewart. And Brendan Shanahan was more than direct, being, I played with Stewie. I like Stewie. But guess what? I don't care about your team. I don't have a bias against any team. It doesn't matter to me. If he played if he played with me, I still suspended him for, I don't remember what the game was, a hit on Rick Nash. But anyway, they don't care. They These are guys who have played in the league. I We can't understand their their um, consistencies or inconsistencies. You can go back and you can look at prior acts from other guys and say, well, how come he didn't get it? But you can't absolve one bad act by citing a previous bad act. It's That's just ridiculous logic. His right to, to appeal? Go ahead. Fill your boots. No problem. This is Gary okay. Bettman's call now, right? Doesn't it go this to Mr. Gary's? Yes. Yeah, Mr. Bettman's call. Yeah. Now he so, hates the Leafs. We know he hates Canada. Well, we know that he hates Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But it doesn't it, that that logic or lack of it by Sheldon Keefe is nothing more than a coach trying to help his. He, he's trying to support his team, but at the same time, he sounds like a complete hack. And anybody, including the apologists on TV, anybody who is talking about this and continuing to cite the slap shot itself as a reason for is again, you, your mental gymnastics are astounding to me. It nobody's picking on you. Your guy cross checked a guy across the face period. End of discussion. Focus on that. And if you can focus on that, the act was wrong. Then you can have the debate about how many games it should have been. But if you're going to keep citing the fact that the guy slapped the puck, Riley slapped the puck into the empty net, it was terrible and disgusting and on and on and on. You know what? Then I don't have time for you. You want to talk about the suspension itself? We can talk about that all day long. And in the the beauty of the NHL Department of Player Safety uh, inconsistencies, uh, Linus Allmark gets a $5,000 fine for a hack across the back of the head of a Tampa Bay Lightning. 
He's lucky he just grazed the back yeah, of the helmet. See, to me, that's everybody's like, oh, how wide? See, look, look. See, Sheldon keeps right. Riley gets five games. Olmark only gets a $5,000 suspension for pretty well the same thing. They're not really the same thing, no. No, but no. I do think Olmark probably should have got a game or two for using his stick to hit a guy in the head. Hit Mikey Asimont uh, in the back of the head. I like Mikey. He played for the Sharks briefly last year in the Sharks training in Tampa. Mikey comes in with an elbow, boom, going to the net, extends the elbow, and all marks down on his rear end and then comes over top. I, You know how much I love Jack. Jack Edwards is one of my favorite people in the world. Um, The fact that he and Andy Brickley just completely ignored that retaliation made me laugh last night so much. They they showed it over and over, and they kept kept complaining that AC Mount didn't get a penalty for Goal for the interference. interference. It was just it was just collision to the crease. Um, they're right; it should have been. But then your guy should have got five for high sticking and a game misconduct. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it, it, again, inconsistency is something that we have. You and I talked about. It, I don't know. I think it was three years ago. You and I both decided, oh, you can't figure it out anymore. Yeah, we call it's, it the wheel of justice. The, the wheel of justice. Yeah, we just. Whatever, whatever it spins and whatever it comes up, it comes up. They have their reasonings. I Apparently, wish they, would... they have a different wheel for the Toronto Maple Leafs, though, according to yes. Sheldon Keefe. Yes, yeah. The Toronto Maple Leafs is either five games, ten games, or complete banishment from the league. Yes. Those are the three three slots on the wheel. Uh, Jamie and I uh, drew Romenda with you. The crybabies. Uh, here on the green zone. As So we'll see what the appeal comes uh, with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, Morgan Riley, and the five-game suspension. As we continue to bring you up to date on what is going on in Kansas City this afternoon, it was the Super Bowl parade. It was a celebration in downtown Kansas City, uh, but it is now tragic. Uh, Reports are out of Kansas City and from the uh, Kansas City Fire Department uh, saying that 10 people have been shot in downtown Kansas City. Three are in critical condition and one person has died in downtown Kansas City uh, just as the Chiefs were on stage uh, celebrating their latest Super Bowl championship. And we'll continue to bring you up to date uh, throughout the afternoon here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I. Romendo with you here on the Green Zone on this Wednesday afternoon asking you uh, what had you fall in love with your sports team. I love this one from Sean in North Battleford, Drew Romenda. There were way too many Oilers fans around. My brother was the biggest Wayne Gretzky fan. Guess who he cheers for? L.A. No. Calgary Flames. Oh, Calgary. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Even when they were terrible. I'm not going to change teams, Sean and North Battleford. So a little bit of spite and wanting to be the contrarian uh, has uh, him. Another Flames fan says, I'm a goalie. Kipper was my favorite. Became a Flames fan. That makes sense. I like this one as well. It was 1983. The Islanders were playing this team in the cup final. My cousin was cheering for the Islanders. I didn't want them to win again. I was cheering for the other team. So I've been cheering for the Edmonton Oilers uh, ever since uh, that moment. They're at the finals, and then you're cheering for it, and that is the definition of a bandwagon jumper right there. Mind you, I've said before, I'll say it again, that's what you want. If you're a, if you're a team, 
you want bandwagon jumpers. Without a doubt. Dean in Regina. When I saw Bobby Hull shoot the puck in the 1960s and his flashy skating, my love waned for a few years, but never divorced them. Then Jonathan Taves came along, three Stanley Cups. Now they have Connor Bedard. Uh, Yes, he's in love again with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, uh, which is... It's been some some long years for for that gentleman, without a doubt, from those days from when Bobby... Won it to when Taves and Kane brought them back to a dynasty level, and there's been some long years since. So that's that's sticking with it, without a doubt. Jamie and I, Drew Romendo, with you here on the Green Zone. Let us know on this Valentine's Day uh, what was it that had you fall in love with your a team? Uh, Drew Romendo joining us in the city of love, Winnipeg, Manitoba. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes, I'm being ironic, ladies and gentlemen. That's not the city of romance or love or anything. That's Paris, right? I'm that's sure. That's, that's Paris. Pretty sure it's Paris. I'm sure there's some people who are having a romantic time right now. I did. I did see some red balloons on my way to the rink this morning, and some some flowers being delivered and things like that. But I would say where we are right now, like on, where I am oh, right oh, now. Oh, I thought you meant on the green zone. Is the yeah? Uh, no. Well, I would say that too, but. Where where I'm situated right now is location wise, I would say that it's not exactly the love triangle of any kind. Portage and Maine, yeah. Jamie and I drew Romano with you here on the Green Zone. <laughs> uh, coming up, I just got word AJ Olet is going to be joining us coming up after the five, or the three thirty news uh, here on the Green Zone to get to do, know the new running back in Saskatchewan a little bit better. But right now, time for the one minute drill. Little Avengers music coming in here on the Green Zone. Jamie Nye with you, Drew Romenda as well, ahead of the Sharks and the Winnipeg Jets tonight in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And it's a pleasure to be joined by the new running back of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, A.J. Olette, in studio with us. A.J., welcome to Saskatchewan. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, what What was it like during free agency and pondering your future, going from a place that, you know, 16-2, and two, uh, close to a Grey Cup, won a Grey Cup here in Saskatchewan and say, you know what, I'm ready for change. Yeah, um, so with not having a CFL agent, it was pretty stressful. Um, trying to figure everything else like out on my own, um, you know, trying to trying to do math and trying to figure out where the best situation was for me, offensive-wise, defensive-wise, for teams. But it came down to uh, a gut feeling. Um, I didn't really look at the numbers too much there towards the end. It was who I trusted as a coach um, and who I wanted to be like um, maybe one day when I'm coaching. So I followed Coach Mace and uh, Coach Ed, who was my running back coach in Toronto, um, here to uh, Sask. So when you talk about Corey Mace, what's it? What's the connection like? What, what is it about him? And a lot of the players talk about the connection they feel and have felt towards Corey Mace as he's been their coach, especially a guy who was concentrating on defense while you're on offense. Yeah, Um through my uh, couple years just um, learning from Coach Mace, um, his ability to control his emotions in a high-stressful situation has uh, been the biggest thing that I've been trying to study because um, sometimes I can get a little hot-headed out there and uh, <laughs> start yelling, start screaming, you know, uh, voice my opinion. 
Um, but his ability to um, kind of slow his heart rate down, figure out how he needs to talk to the players to get them motivated and going. And then he's he's one to, to you know, practice what he's preaching. He's in there in the weight room before I get in there, um, which normally I uh, pride myself on. But uh, there's a certain hour I'm not going to get up to, to go into the weight room <laughs> during season. I need that sleep. But he's in there before me. Sure, you're in there at 6 a.m., right? You, you, yeah, you're I'm, I'm, up, I'm up at 6. I'm on the treadmill by 6.30. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, I don't go if I don't if I don't get it done before seven. I'm not getting it done at all. So that's why I go. So. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. There we go. Okay. Now, 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 oh, AJ can yes. hear you. His headphones. Okay, are I was going to say. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm one of those guys, AJ. I'm one of those early guys that gets up because if I don't get it done by, I'm, if I'm not going by seven, I'm not doing going at all. So, I understand what you, what you're saying there. Um, your running style. I've we talked about it last season. We talked about it a lot. And then we talk about Christian McCaffrey. I see similarities. Always moving your legs, always driving forward, falling forward, refusing to go down. Where did you develop that style? Or how did you develop that style is probably a better question. Um, it, it, it started early um, in my peewee, peewee games um, back in youth football um, where coaches kind of pride yourself on um, don't go down on first contact. Uh, it should take the whole team to bring you down. Um, and then that just kind of developed through high school. I had a hard-nosed high school football coach. We ran the triple option, and uh, what we said, it was uh, uh, three yards and a bucket of blood um, is, <laughs> is all that offense is. And uh, then once you get to the the college game, we went a little bit more spread, so the defense kind of opened up a little bit. So you, you attack that mentality to a more open field, um, and, and you get a little bit bigger gains. And, um, yeah, add that mindset to the offensive line. And you got a crazy good offense. I've got. I'm a big fight guy. I, I love MMA, I, I, boxing, and WWE, which maybe we'll get a chance to talk about one of these days. But the there's a time I think in every fight where you can see that you're winning the will. You, the will war is yours. You can see when the fighter when the fighter knows that he's got the other guy. Do you know that? Is there a time in the game when you're running and running and running, just bowling over guys that you know I've got this guy. Yeah, yeah, and it's something you don't see until late in the game. Um, you you tell yourself, you tell your teammates over and over again the first, second quarter, keep attacking, keep attacking, body shot, body shot, body shot. Uh, and then in the third and fourth quarter, they're going to be tired of tackling you. They're going to be tired of uh, picking themselves up off the ground, and uh, that's when the big plays come in. That's when the receivers and the quarterbacks get to have fun too. A.J. Olette joining us, the new uh, running back. Although I, I liked what you said earlier today. You you said, uh, I'm a, I'm not a running back. I'm a football player. I like that. How? Where does that mindset come from? Like, put me anywhere, coach. I'll just play. Yeah, that was uh, a mindset I had early on. Um, all through junior high, high school, I played both ways. I uh, I was a running back, and then I played linebacker and safety um, all through high school. Uh, in college, um, I was a walk on. So special teams is how I made the the you know starting lineup. Um, I ended up starting halfway through my freshman year, and then uh, the the rest was history from there. But even sophomore year, I was playing running back, and we had a bunch of injuries at linebacker, so I switched to linebacker for two games um, in in college. So uh, that whole mindset of just put me on the field, and I'm gonna play ball the best way I can. AJ Olette with us, uh, of course, uh, played at the University of Ohio. Uh, the one player that we all know from that university in Canada would be his former quarterback, Nathan Rourke. 
What did you know before everybody else knew of Nathan Rourke when you were watching him uh, come in for the BC Lions? Yeah, uh, the one thing I knew is uh, you're not going to be able to count this guy out. Um, once he has his mind set on what he wants to do, he's going to work. doesn't matter if he doesn't sleep for a week. I think he's going to work until he gets that job done. And um, I'm, I'm glad he uh, got the opportunity over at BC like he did. Um, stepped in at that starting position, and I knew he was going to take off. And now I'm just waiting for him to get a chance in the NFL because it seems like uh, everybody's trying not to give him the shot he deserves. But um, in my opinion, um, he should be a starting quarterback somewhere. Uh, well, maybe New England could uh, use him. Sounds like they're done with Mac okay. Jones. Uh, anyways, uh, A.J. Olette with us here on the Green Zone. A.J., have you set your expectations yet for yourself? Is there something you wait till training camp? I know you all, everybody's got goals. If you want to be a great athlete, you have to have them. Yeah, um, I have off-season goals. Um, normally those come with training, um, right. you know, in the weight room, speed-wise and all that. But with joining a new team, a whole new uh, locker room full of uh, uh, brothers, I need to voice uh, my leadership, reach out to some of these guys, start uh, start connecting, see if we can get on some Zoom calls, um, and even get together and do things besides football uh, to get to know each other. Um, and Trevor's going to be a huge help. I only live about an hour away from him back in Ohio, um, so we're going to get together when I get home um, and then set up some meetings with some of these other players. That's important, isn't it, to have that, that chemistry. But it's hard to explain – you know, chemistry, culture, identity, I think they're a bunch of different things. But in order to have that, in order to, in my opinion, to have culture, you have to have chemistry first. Would you agree with that? Yes, uh, 100%. Um, you have to kind of bond and, uh, you know, practice with uh, with these guys um, to prove and to, to know that, like, in the fourth quarter, um, when your back's against the line, that the, the guy next to you put in just as much work as you did. And um, like I tell people, um, you win games with good men, not great people. And uh, shout out to Coach Ed for that quote. Um, oh, I'm stealing. Sorry, I'm stealing that one, big boy. I'm stealing that one. That's going to be used on a hockey broadcast in the near future. That's great. That's a great line. Yeah. So if we can get a locker room full of just good men, um, we're gonna we're gonna see some big wins this year. I'm, he he I'm literally right just now. wrote that down. <laughs> he literally, literally just, just like, writing it down right now on the phone. Like, That's uh, coming to my okay, sayings. Absolutely. You have to give AJ uh, Olet the credit, or Coach Ed, the yeah. running back coach, of course, uh, as well. Uh, AJ, when you, uh, Coach, uh, Corey Mace and Jeremy O'Day said it today about, okay, we can sign all these players, but it's up to them. How, how much do you embrace that rather than it's up to the coaches to motivate? It's up to the general manager. It's up to you now to win as a team, as a group in that locker room. Yeah, so that was the biggest thing I talked with Coach Mace. Is he said he's going to bring in the best best guys he can. But once it comes down to you know camp starting, it is the, the men in the locker room um, showing up, working for each other. Um, and that, that, that's how you win games. Coaches can put you in the right position, but you know if you're not um, being vocal to your teammates, if you're not uh, being the leader that you should be, um, the wins are going to happen. Okay, another big thing about AJO that we're finding out the the Thor hammer thing, which is relatively new, right? Like this was well, this doesn't go back to university or anything. This is like just this past season. Yeah. yeah. Who called you Thor for the first time? Do you uh, remember? I I can't remember the first person. Um, I know I showed up to camp with my hair just freshly bleached, and that's when some of the mm -hmm. um, Thor comments were were being said. 
And then uh, my nephew bought me the Thor hammer, um, one of the first couple games of the season, and I brought it out for that that Hamilton game, and the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> Are you embracing it, though? Like oh. You're like, hey, it's cool to have a brand, I guess, Yeah, as yeah. you develop into a star of this league? Yeah, definitely, and being Thor is not the worst thing you can be, so... <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it and I'm running with it. And of course, uh, the plush Thor hammers are already in the Rider Store. That was before they even signed them. Of course, Rider Store ingenuity, right yeah, there. I, I don't know how they okay, set that up it. and how they knew. But hey, I, if I'm you, I'm going back in and re- renegotiating my contract. Saying, "Hey, wait a second, there's going to be a merchandise deal in here somewhere." Uh, but uh, wrestling too. You, you, you're still going to go in the ring this this upcoming spring yeah, in Toronto, so, uh, March 9th. Uh, nice. In Toronto, the Danforth, uh, Greektown Wrestling. Um, that'll nice. be my first solo match and my last match for a while, probably. Yeah, as as we were talking on the break, he might turn heel in Toronto there for this one. <laughs> but really? also, if you, if, awesome. if you want to, I think we were talking about it myself, Britton Gray, Scott, Drew. You have a tag team here in Saskatchewan. Lake Corte Moore, your new teammate, was at, what is it, the WWE... <laughs> Performance Center. Performance I want to center. call it Training Center, but they say Performance, yeah, performance center. center. So there you go. You can set up a tag team oh, with Lake Corte Moore. 100%. Have him come in last minute. Um, he also un- has long unnoticed. hair, too, right? Schmazel. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Say that'd be <laughs> I don't know if I'm at the level he is, but um, if he'll bring me on, I'll, I'll accept. <laughs> well, AJ, awesome. it was great to uh, get to know you a little better. Thanks for uh, coming into the studio. And again, welcome to Saskatchewan. Can't wait to see you on the field. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited. That is AJ Olet, new running back football player with the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders here on the <laughs> Green catch. Zone. Boy. I, I imagine there might be a few 45 jerseys sold uh, this year. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie Dye, Drew Romenda with you here on the Green Zone. Thanks to AJ Olette coming in to studio here on the Green Zone. Oh, sorry, sorry, Drew, you wrote, wrote down the quote, quote. What was it? A group of good people? Or. You win with good men, not great players. There it is. That's a good line. Are you going to use it tonight? No, because it it's, it would have to be a different situation. <laughs> use it. The Sharks have two of their top centers out again. One of their top demon. It's been that kind of year. Uh, so uh, AJ Olet, uh, you got to like the attitude. He's a walk-on oh, guy. I love it. He had yep. to play both sides of the ball. He had to play special teams. He fought his way, clawed his way to pro ball, and it doesn't sound like he's ready to stop working uh, with the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders and what's to come. He's earned everything. Earned absolutely everything. When, when you see guys who are undrafted in any sport, they play with a chip on their shoulder because they're always going out there to try to prove something. You and I have talked about this before. We both said it. Give me a guy with something to prove, and he's on my team almost every single time because they are motivated. And A.J., you can tell by the way he plays. You can tell by the way he talks. You can tell by um, his thought process about getting up and going to the gym that you need to drive yourself forward. You you have to, and it's the hardest thing to do because in human nature, we 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 listen to the negative and believe the negative about ourselves more than we believe the positive. This guy, he's got obviously a very strong mind. He's obviously got a got a, a drive that is is superior and to 
most athletes because he's had to in order to try to prove himself every day. Jamie Niger, Romanda with you here on the Green Zone. Football at 4 coming up with Britton Gray, uh, who was there at the uh, news conferences this morning. Uh, both uh, Jeremy O'Day, the general manager, as well as A.J. Olette uh, met with the media, and Britton will relay what Jeremy O'Day uh, had to say about his 24 hours of CFL free agency that landed not only A.J. Olette, but your Marcus Hardrick, offensive lineman, also, a Jameer Thurman, linebacker, defensive end Malik Carney, defensive back Jalen Edwards-Cooper, as well as a linebacker, Canadian linebacker, rejoining his twin brother, uh, Justin Herdman-Reed. They signed Jordan Herdman-Reed uh, yesterday in CFL free agency. And of note, Jake Dolagala does have a new home. The BC Lions signed the quarterback, Jake Dolagala, after you're assigning Dakota Prukop yesterday, so building up the depth behind Vernon Adams, Jr., but right now we're going to bring you up to date on a breaking story that's happening in Kansas City where the Chiefs were holding their uh, celebration on stage downtown and shots rang out. And there is a news conference happening right now with the mayor of Kansas City, also uh, law enforcement uh, in Kansas City, and they're bringing up to date everybody on what has happened. Uh, people are in custody but one person has died this afternoon in Kansas City when shots rang out. They're now saying 10 to 15 people uh, injured after a Union Station rally in downtown Kansas City as that celebration turned tragic about an hour and a half ago.